0: Hello, and welcome to Not A Couple, a Will & Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And we are coming to you live from the only place we're allowed to go, our apartment.
1: Hooray! <laughs> it's our Coronacation! Yeah. You
0: know, I bet sales of Corona beer are either really high or really low right I now. I
1: mean, lately they've been really low, so...
0: Bummer. Maybe we can put Corona out of business.
1: Why do you hate Corona?
0: I don't know, just principle.
1: Anyways, so... This is a Will & Grace podcast, not a coronavirus podcast. All right. So, um, but yes, just hopefully y'all in Missouri are staying safe and staying indoors. Yeah,
0: please all keep yourselves safe. Keep your friends and family and strangers safe.
1: How long is the theme song for Will & Grace? Is it enough time to wash your hands?
0: Uh, maybe, but since it doesn't have words, it's probably not very... I mean, it's, like it's memorable, but like, but like who you knows if you're hum, doing it the right amount. You get hummed. Yeah, if you did it around the whole time I feel like it's really easy to skip that one in the middle Yeah But yeah, it's probably at least 20 seconds
1: Yeah, so, so. wash your hands to the one Grace uh See, song.
0: you learned something listening to this episode We haven't even told you what the season or the We haven't even told you what the episode title is yet
1: Well, let's do that
0: Alright uh, So this week we're on season 7, episode 21 It's a dad, 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 dad world Here's the description. Grace convinces Karen to attend her father's, Alan Arkin, birthday party. Karen entertains herself by spending time with Martin's friend, Bert, Lee Majors.
1: All right. So first off, there is no party.
0: There is. I mean, like, I think it was promised to be a party, but then Grace got punked by her own mom.
1: That's a whole other plot of this That's a whole other
0: plot. Let's talk about that plot first, because I think we really enjoyed that one. And I think it's a good uh, thing to talk about first. Yes. Um. So, the second plot this week features Jack and Will. Mm -hmm. Um, As we all know, Jack is working for OutTV. Yes, but not the Canadian Not the Canadian one. Uh, They're kind of, like, logo, but scrappier.
1: They're, like, logo, but scrappier and maybe a little bit more porny.
0: Like, logo if logo was just copying every other show on TV.
1: Here's the thing that I kind of vaguely remember about this time period was that on, like, channels, like, Oxygen and there was we is uh-huh. via tv though is that like a women's network yep. women's and, entertainment and lifetime they would do these like semi-softcore porn movies that they were on oh god like way late at night like it was after talk sex with sue which was a sex health call-in show mm-hmm. um and like it was a really interesting thing because it would just be like these like people reading erotica and then people like acting out the erotica Jeez. but then like there was no actual like nudity or penetration sure but I just feel like that would definitely be on out TV. Oh, for
0: sure. Well, we remember that Grace's ex, um, what's his nuts, yeah. wrote that movie that then got rewritten to be just about gays. And it was very, like, softcore porn then.
1: Yeah. So, basically. But um, another one of the ripoffs that's happening mm. on out TV this week is a show called Pinked.
0: Yeah. So, uh, if you may remember, Ashton Kutcher was once a TV star. And yes. he had a show called Punked, yes. Which basically was like, Ashton Kutcher's punk like, you would film a friend of a person, and they would, like, set them up in a weird way, like...
1: They were often a celebrity. Oh, yeah,
0: that's why right. They were celebrities on punk I think there was a different one that came out you're later. You're thinking of,
1: like, Candid Camera or whatever.
0: But there was one, yeah. There was one that, like, it was like Candid Camera, but more of, like, a punk energy. That mm-hmm. it wasn't for celebrities. But you're right. punk was just celebrities.
1: Yeah, so it would be, like, some... They would film a thing happening to a celebrity, mm-hmm. like, a, an elaborate prank, and basically try to, like, provoke the celebrity into a mental breakdown.
0: Which was easy, because they're all narcissistic maniacs.
1: Yes. And then um, then Ashton Kutcher would come out at the end and be like, you've been mm-hmm. Um I remember one once where, like, I think it was Justin Timberlake. Like, they were like repossessing all of his stuff, claiming that like, he sure. owed the IRS money or whatever. Like, someone puts a foot through his guitar, and he freaks out and calls his mom. Oh, like, man.
0: And this is, like, ages ago. Like, Justin really must have been, like, in his early 20s. It
1: was, like, not long after NSYNC kind of mm-hmm. disbanded. So, yeah. like, he was a baby.
0: But anyways, so, before he even gets to that, I feel like Jack starts off so strong this week that we have to, like, game respect game. Yes. Like, so, as long-time watchers of this show and listeners of this podcast know... One of the recurring bits of Will and Grace is Jack always coming into Will and Grace's apartment. And this week, like, starts off so strong because Will and Grace have an admittedly dumb bit where they're like, oh, like, this is the fake name I give at coffee shops. Patrice. Patrice. And I don't remember why Will says his. Is this, like, Tyler?
1: His is Tyler. And the reasoning is because, so she's talking about her fake name at the coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Then she's listening to The Answering Machine where her mom's like you have to come to your dad's birthday party which we will discuss later and she's like i'm not doing that just because her sisters can't come Mm -hmm. so it'll be just her her mom and her dad and she's like i'm not doing that you're coming with me so it's me alone with them with you Mm -hmm. and he's like oh sorry i can't uh tell them tyler's busy tyler is my uh getting out of doing stuff with your parents right right
0: (laughs) and jack comes in so confident, is like, hi Tyler, hi Patrice.
1: And it's just so perfect because it makes no sense that he would know those names. But it's like, that's the kind of
0: joke that I feel like Will and Grace does really well sometimes with Jack, mm-hmm. because he has such expert comic timing and is so nonsensical. I don't know, he just works so great.
1: Yes, this is just like an exemplary use of Jack the entire episode. It's really wonderful. Yeah.
0: But it's it's such a good setup for the episode because this episode relies so heavily on Jack being funny and bizarre.
1: And a little charming. And a little
0: charming. So, the what appears to be the setup is that Will is getting set up on a blind date with a friend of Jack's from work.
1: Yes, he just says that I'm going to set you up on a blind date with... And he doesn't really even specify. He just kind of says, like, I'm setting you up on a blind date.
0: He said, I think he says it's the most handsome man in New York or something like that. Yes,
1: because then Will's like, oh, so there'll be two of the most handsome men in New York at the table. And, and Grace is just like, no, They're like, bye, no, no <laughs> bye. Go home. Um,
0: But it's... It's interesting because, like, not knowing what the plot is yet, you assume what the plot is. Like, much like when you're on punk So Will gets to the restaurant and he finds out that the date is blind.
1: Like, he's an actual He's an actual blind with person. With visual impairment. Yeah.
0: It's like, okay, it's funny because, like, you see what's happened is Jack has described it as a blind date. And it's a blind, it's a blind, blind date. person, right. And, like, it's just so awkward because, like, they sit down to dinner And, like, Will is actually doing pretty well and not putting his foot in his mouth that much. he's like, wow, you're very attractive. And Uh the guy's like, oh, can I see your face?
1: And then he does this thing that I – I'm not a person with visual impairment, and I don't want to assume. But it feels a bit TV where he, like, feels Will's face. And I don't know if that's real.
0: I don't know if that's real either. I think from, like, other stuff I've read and seen that it's not like it doesn't – happen and if any of our listeners are visually impaired or know someone who is they can chime in in a comment mm-hmm. um i feel like it's not a thing that doesn't happen i feel like it's not necessarily a thing that you do on like a first date right or a first meeting with someone
1: right that's sort of what i'm getting at is that it may be something that as like you're getting more intimate mm-hmm. and comfortable with someone you kind of want to like feel the contours of their face because it's a very intimate thing to ask right which,
0: which is unfortunate but because, like it is like
1: right can i touch your face is sort of especially in this time of coronavirus you sure. definitely want to say no to that
0: um, But what's great is that, like, he's feeling Will's face and, like...
1: You just watch his, like, smile,
0: like, droop. And off. Will is watching because Will, you know, can Will see. can see his face. He's, like... And, like, it's even, like, it's, like, bit by bit. Like, he feels something on Will's forehead and he's just like, ugh, what is that? He's like, "Oh, Jack
1: didn't mention that. Yeah. And it's, it's so uncomfortable. Because Will's... Will's like, oh, my God, what? He's like, what... Is there, like, a problem? He's like, no, no, it's fine. He's, like, getting all cagey and whatever. And he's just like, what am I, like, do you not think I'm attractive? And he's just like... He's like,
0: no. No, I just
1: don't understand why, as a blind person, I always get the dogs.
0: Like... Yeah, like, and, and like, that's probably the moment where I should have, like, realized what was happening, but, like... I was just so thrown because I was like, oh, my God, this guy's so fucking rude. I was like, this blind
1: guy's so mean. Like, that's
0: a mean thing to say.
1: Yeah. And so Will is, like, clearly very offended. And then a classic Will Fashion is like, I'm an attractive person. Sure. Feel my
0: face again. He is. And he is an attractive person. But he's dressed very nicely. And, he like, he's, he's working it. So, yeah. Like, he
1: looks great.
0: But, like, it ends with, like. The whole bit ends with, like, Will jumping up from the table and screaming at this restaurant full of people, Someone tell this blind man how attractive I am! And, like, that feels on par for Will. Like,
1: I mean, we literally have seen an episode this season in which Will is, like, sweating himself to death at a table to do a favor for Grace. So it's not that weird for us as an audience to watch Will completely make a fool of himself in public. Like, it's
0: totally a thing we've seen him do, like, in the last month. Uh So it fits perfectly and that's why it's so immediately satisfying when Jack comes out wearing an Ashton Kutcher trucker hat in pink. Sideways. Sideways. <laughs> I was like, you've been pigged.
1: Yep. Because they're just ripping off punk Yeah.
0: They're ripping off punk and Jack has set Will up to be embarrassed on television yep. for ratings. Yes. And like, it's the most Jack thing that has ever happened and I love it so much.
1: I know. It's amazing. It's just, it's beautiful. And so that's not the end, however. That's not even the end, yeah. It gets better. So then Jack, like, appears at Will's apartment, and he's like, ha, 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 wasn't that so funny? And Will's, like... Playing along. He's like, yeah, yeah, it was. And Jack's like, will you sign this release so we can air it? And he's like, no. And, like, he goes on to, like, say, like, how the... That really played into a lot of his insecurities because mm-hmm. he always feels like he's not attractive. And then he even harps yeah. on the fact that Jack is constantly calling him fat and ugly and old. And mm-hmm. those are all very real things that he could very much so be feeling. Mm-hmm. And so, like, then we off, off screen, we we hear from Jack that he gets in trouble at OutTV mm-hmm. because the episode was such a beautiful it's so perfect. And perfect episode of Pinked that they really want to air it. And the fact that Jack can't get the release signed is like- a, Is a problem, It's yeah. an issue. And Will just kind of like lets him sort of dig himself a hole where he starts conv- like confessing to his own mm-hmm. insecurities to the point where he like unbuttons his shirt <sighs> to reveal a Victoria's Secret man girdle.
0: Yeah. Like it's it's like Spanx to 11. Like yeah. you, can, you can see it's like, it's not even like, it's not even a costume. It's physically changing the shape. Of Sean Hayes' body.
1: Which is tiny. Yeah. To like, begin with. But, like,
0: you can see, like, it stops, like, right before the nipples, because you can show man nipples on TV, of Yes, course. of course. So, it stops, like, right before the nipples, and, like, you can see, like, the whole body is coming in. It's like almost a corset. Yeah. I don't know if they edited it in post, but, like, it's a lot. It's... It is. having an effect on that actor's physical body, which is part of the reason it works so well. Yes. Because it's not just, like, he's wearing spanks. Like, he's wearing, like, compression gear, and it's... So mortified,
1: because he looks ridiculous. And he's just, like, clearly, like laying himself bare to get Will to sign this fucking release. look at me. Look at my shame. He's like, it's so much pressure to be thin at a gay network. There's a purging station in every bathroom, which let's take a brief moment to be like, yikes.
0: Yeah, that's the whole thing. There's an
1: entire subculture of eating disorders that are prevalent within gay men that we don't even have time to get into. No, we got to move on. But just know it's a thing. Maybe do a Google. But like we were like we were laying on the floor moaning the other day,
0: as you do when you're in quarantine
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: um I, I was like feeling i was like i i have a bit of a belly and i was laying on the floor so i didn't have a belly because i was on my back and i was like oh this feels so weird because i could like run my hands up and down my body and i was like probably shouldn't be as like amused or fascinated with this but here we are laying on the floor and i'm rubbing my belly
1: wow that sounds like a missive from like the journal of the plague Year. like <laughs> here i am laying on the floor rubbing my belly Day two of quarantine, lay on the floor, play with Billy, and ma- massively interested in how the skin moves. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we see, like, Jack really, like, straight up humiliate himself mm-hmm. in front of Will in, the, in an effort to get this thing signed. And then...
0: And then the door bursts open, and Jack has been pinged. He's
1: been pinked back! And it's even better! It's even
0: better than what happened to Will, because at least what happened to Will, like... Will was, like, upset, but, like, completely unaware. Mm -hmm. Like, the reversal of realizing that Will flipped Jack is so smart. And
1: pinked him back immediately after having been pinked.
0: Like, I know that, like, pinked is derivative of punked, which Mm -hmm. is already derivative of so many other shows. But this plot line feels genuinely like one of the most original ones that will and grace has done
1: it's really wonderful and it kind of makes me think that ashton kutcher missed out i was never really a punk watcher so mm-hmm. maybe listeners in missouri can tell me if i'm missing this um but i don't recall there ever having been been an episode of punked where they punked ashton kutcher back sure um so that's sort of what's happening here yeah. kind it's of like if
0: justin timberlake i like, called in a favor and, and like hugged ashton kutcher yeah now what i feel like would be more likely is that someone would call in a favor not film it and beat ashton kutcher to death because some of those are pretty intense
1: some of those are really cruel like
0: some of them they like legit break stuff that is not replaceable
1: yeah i mean like they're yeah it's t- like even the justin timberlake one they break his guitar mm-hmm. like that's not nice yeah he didn't need to do that
0: yeah problematic faith Problem- not even problematic faith like problematic thing that exists
1: Yes, I mean, Ashton Kutcher as a person has become a much more, like, palatable human and has done some really great things to stop sex trafficking worldwide. And that's cool. Which is cool, but it doesn't change the fact that he was kind of a dickbag when he was doing mm-hmm. punks, So, you know, like... I mean, still better than the guys who um, did, what's it called? Jackass. That was a totally different show.
0: Yeah, I know, but some, same mean energy. True. I mean, directed themselves, but like...
1: I think that it also kind of very much so gets at this thing that has been sort of existing in a lot of, like, conversations and subcultures, I feel like, about how there are things where they're pranks and they're, like, not cruel and then there are pranks that are super cruel. Mm-hmm. And how the ones that are not cruel but are just sort of bewildering are way funnier. Yeah. So while both of these things were funny, they did have that hint of cruelty to them mm-hmm. that isn't quite, like, what I think most people find amusing these days. I think mm-hmm. there's enough cruelty in the world that we're mm-hmm. currently experiencing that most people are much more into, like, um, a prank where someone's clearly out their hand up a hail cab and someone high fives them or whatever. Sure. Like, something silly like that.
0: Well, I think it's nice that the episode ends on uh, Will pranking Jack because I think Will's prank of Jack is fundamentally less cruel than Jack's prank of Will. Right. Because it's- both people are aware that the situation is going on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that Jack is already doing and he's like, I shouldn't do this, but here I am. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like an um, entrapment situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it's certainly interesting to get into, like, the ethics of pranking. Mm. Um, But, yeah, overall, very funny. Very funny. 10 out of 10 enjoyed. Much laugh. It is to laugh.
0: It is to laugh indeed. Let's talk about Grace this week.
1: Okay, so Grace's dad is introduced on this episode. And don't get excited if you were expecting that guy who's in the revival because he's played by a totally different actor. Yeah, he's
0: played by Alan Arkin, who uh, many of you will know from Little Miss Sunshine, where he plays the grandpa who dies.
1: Oh, my God, that's where I know him from. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it's from. Thank you. But, like, as an old man, I recognized him sure. as an old man. And, like,
0: he's definitely a good get for Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think as we will kind of discuss a little bit over the course of this episode, I think, like, the stunt casting of it kind of hurts the episode. Because the episode becomes all about how Alan Arkin is funny and not about, like, developing that relationship between him and Grace as
1: characters. Yeah, it's sort of like... It almost, like, plays itself a little bit. Because the whole plot is essentially that grace and her father don't really have much of a relationship mm-hmm. but in trying to do that with an actor who the show already wants us to take as funny mm-hmm. they sort of just like double down on it to a point where it's not believable well and alan Arkin's,
0: like thing is that he does like dry humor and it's like like the kind of jokes that grace's father makes are like the kind of jokes that alan arkin nails and that's why he's written that way It's not out of any actual, like, character development or, like...
1: Yeah. So there's, like, a very real, like, disconnect between this character and Grace because those two characters just naturally don't coexist well.
0: Right. And it's even, like... I mean, part of the setup of the episode, too, is... And you feel bad because, like, Debbie Reynolds is in this episode for all of five seconds.
1: And she's glorious because we get to learn that she's leaving the birthday celebrations to go replace someone in a six-person cast of Les Mis. And
0: boy, would I like to follow that plot line. Oh,
1: my God, me too. They don't even tell us who she's playing, but I bet you anything it's Javert.
0: And Gavroche, probably. It's Javert and Gavroche.
1: How? They're in same, they're in scenes together.
0: It's a six-person production of Les Mis, man. You gotta make sacrifices.
1: I I just mean, like, you could have Fontaine and Epony to be played by the same person. Maybe we she couldn't... uses Gavroche as a puppet. How do you do my name's Gavroche? You can't see the the sock puppet motions I was making, but you I was... You can imagine them. I was making them.
0: But, like, she's barely even in the episode, which is really too bad, because, like... That might have been more interesting. Yeah, like, I mean, I get how... I get how the plot of the episode is that Grace and her father don't have a relationship, so they have to be stuck in the room together. But... I mean, Karen was there doing nothing. They could
1: have had Debbie Reynolds be in the background doing nothing, too. Yeah. And
0: it it was unfortunate because I feel like having more people to play off of would give the episode more depth. Mm
1: -hmm. But what
0: happens instead is that, like, so Karen is just there. And she's, I don't know, having sex with Alan Arkin's friend for some reason. Whose name is Bert. And he's a dry cleaner? I don't know. The plot line was very unnecessary.
1: It was, it didn't need to be there. She was like sort of dressed like Regina George's mom yeah, the whole it was, time. The plot
0: line existed so that Karen could be around to tell Grace that she should build up her relationship with her father.
1: While also is, saying off the wall weird shit. Sure. Which is
0: genuinely good advice, which is why it's so surprising. Yes. To come out of Karen's mouth.
1: Every once in a while, Karen has a gem.
0: Um, and, and I totally get where they're coming from because Grace wants to have a good relationship with her father. But the problem is that the only relationship they have is based on him just making fun of her.
1: Yeah. So, like, there is a bit that she mentions prior to arriving at her dad's Mm -hmm. house about how when she was 12, she left the cat out because she left the front door open. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I guarantee you he's going to, like, make a joke about this within the first five minutes of me arriving. And then he does. And then he repeats it several Mm -hmm. times. Which I will give the show props for, realism wise, because dads be doing that.
0: Sure. I mean, it's it's totally a realistic portrayal of dads.
1: But realistic dads do not make good TV.
0: Yeah, and, and like the problem is that it's it's almost like what we were talking about when we were talking about how the prank is how cruel the prank is. Yes. Like it kind of hits a level where, yes, it's very relatable that Grace doesn't have a relationship with her dad, and he doesn't have a relationship with her, and he compensates for that by just making jokes instead of having a real conversation mm-hmm. but the jokes he makes are very mean and very much at grace's expense
1: yeah it's not like a joke that they have together no it, it's sort of like i'll just a the thing because my family doesn't listen to this podcast so i have an uncle and my mm-hmm. uncle and i have a very jokey relationship but for a very long time when i was a sensitive teenager when i was in that like phase of like don't look at me or i'll kill myself like very John Mullaney, like I had this thing happen when I was 10. And here's what it was. It was really stupid, and it was actually kind of funny in retrospect. <laughs> I was running through the kitchen because of course I was. I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And um I had a dog, the dog had slobbered some dog water on like his like some water plus drool on the floor. I slipped in it and fell and landed in the dog bowl. And I was oh, in no. I was in my bathing suit because I was running towards the pool that my parents had. So it looked like I was swimming in the dog bowl. Right. But it was like any time that my uncle met anyone or talked about me in any way for like five years he was always like when you went diving in the dog bowl (laughs) and I was like I hate you and I will end you but it was sort of like that it's like this thing that like it might have been funny if you'd let it like have a rest but Mm -hmm. instead you hammer on it so much that now it's become this like deep seated emotional trauma yeah and like it's not even
0: like the show gets that Mm -hmm. the show digs into that because the big confrontation that they have is at the golf course when like she goes out golfing with him and he takes a turn too sharp, and she falls out of the cart. Uh-huh. And then, like, go, they go back to the clubhouse, and he's, like, joking about it with the guys, and she loses her mind.
1: Yeah, she's sort of like, why can't we have any real conversations? All you do is make fun of me. Yeah, and, like, I I think the episode
0: is, like, trying to, like, it's trying to have it both ways, as Will and Grace so often does. Yes. Where, like, what is ultimately going to happen is that the episode's about her confronting him and him trying to have, like, a conversation with her without making it a joke. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more than a joke. And I feel like the episode knows that, and in that scene gets it, but then, like, the resolution ignores it.
1: I think that, like, even the scene with the resolution gets it, too, and it's just that, like, the actual final note of it fucks it up. Yeah. So, like, okay, so they have a confrontation at the clubhouse. She storms off. Mm-hmm. Then we re reconvene, basically, mm-hmm. at, um... At Grace's parents' house. And her dad kind of admits that, yeah, he doesn't really know how to talk to her. Which is a
0: sweet moment. Because mm-hmm. it's like, he genuinely realizes he's fucked up. And yeah. he wants to fix it.
1: Yeah. So he sort of, like, offers, like, can we talk? Can we sit? Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk. And so, you know, he sits on the couch and she sits in this chair. And the chair immediately collapses under her. <laughs> Which is so funny. And I have to tell you, as a clumsy bitch... <laughs> this resonated with me so hard <laughs> as someone who has had moments where I'm desperately demanding to be taken seriously and then the moment I'm finally commanding that actual amount of attention I do something so goddamn slapstick that like it's ridiculous and completely undermines everything I've just said well and the thing about that
0: moment that shows me that on some level the show does get it mm-hmm. is that it's funny like oh. it's not like it's played for last but here's the thing it's played for laughs, but both Grace and her dad, like, are sitting there, completely stone-faced, like, trying so hard to be serious.
1: Yes. So, like, Grace is, like, she's, like, a crab, basically, because she's trapped in the frame of this like, chair. Like, her butt
0: is, like, six inches below any other like, part her Like, her, her head is
1: near her knees. Yeah. And her dad's just sort of, like, looking, but not looking at her, and is just sort of like, so you ever talk to Leo? And she's just, like... no not really and he's like how how are things with will and (laughs) she's like he's good and like that moment was perfect Mm -hmm. and if they had maybe left it at that moment i would have really loved the resolution of this plot but here's where it like loses it for me Mm -hmm. so he goes so i don't know what to do here do we laugh and i thought that moment was fine yeah because then they both laugh and it's okay and then this is where they fuck it up. Yeah. Then he's like, I don't know what to tell you, Grace. I'm old. I don't know if I can change. And then she's like, I know. And then it's that ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Nah, like, no! Like, you you had it! You had it! You were so close! So, here's a
0: thing that's like a sitcom thing. Sitcoms are always about returning to stasis. Mm. Um, I was actually just reading a play that like goes into this in much more detail that you don't need to know about because you've never heard this play before. But it, it's about... It's a conservative art form where the whole goal is that every episode you return to the same setup you had before. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ways to talk about that and to criticize that. But the thing is, when you have a guest star who you know that isn't going to come back, I feel like that's your opportunity to have change.
1: Because, like, the change itself doesn't actually in any way invalidate or change the stasis of the show. Right, right. It, it changes, like, this microcosm of the show. Mm-hmm. But it's not a microcosm that will come into play very often. Yeah. So it, it's totally fine, in my opinion, to then shift how this relationship operates because we're not going to see Grace's dad again.
0: Right. And so the show has an opportunity for Grace's dad to go from someone who predominantly communicates with his daughter badly through jokes mm-hmm. and to become someone who is trying hard to do more to communicate with his mm-hmm. daughter. And instead, it, it just, it basically just says, like, sorry, I can't change.
1: Like, he goes through that middle stage of the trying. Mm-hmm. And then the episode ends with Grace being like, you can tell your friends about this. It was pretty funny. And him being like, yeah, I was going to do that anyway. Yeah. And, like, I think that that's also the part that kind of just, like, got me and, like, hurt me a little. Like, if she had said, it's okay if you want to tell your friends. And if he had been like, no. Yeah. Or, like, thank you. If he had reacted in any. I was like,
0: oh, thank God. <laughs>
1: Like, yeah, like, if he had been like, oh, thank God, I, that would have been really hard not to tell him. Yeah. But, like, instead he's just like, oh, I was super just going to betray your trust anyways. Like, that's just, like, nothing has you, dude. Like, and, and it's frustrating because, like, in the
0: immediate, in the immediately preceding moments, we have evidence he has changed. Mm-hmm. He approaches Grace and gets her to stay and talk to him. He doesn't laugh at her until she says it's okay to laugh at him. Mm-hmm. Like, the show has written in change. And then goes
1: back on it. Just, like... For no reason. Cuts it off at the knees for no reason. And it's... it's. I think part of my frustration with this in general is just the existence of dads and how dads be be doing stuff. Yeah. Like, there is some very r- unfortunate realism there in, yeah. like, watching your dad experience growth and then, like, immediately, like, cut himself off at the knees and, yeah. like, go back to doing the thing he was already doing that was driving you crazy.
0: Well, and actually, I feel like the revival actually, like, does improve on this in the other really central episode we get in the revival with Grace and her dad. Yes. um, In the revival, after he's been recast with an actor who can come back on a more regular basis, there's this really powerful episode where Grace is with her father and, like, basically talks to her father about this time that... Um, she was assaulted by one of his friends.
1: Yeah, like, she was supposed to, like, do a summer internship with him, mm-hmm. and he totally was really inappropriate with her mm-hmm. and groped her. And, like, how it made her really uncomfortable that he was still in contact with this yeah. guy, still joked around with this guy, still, like, talked to her about this mm-hmm. guy, still talked to the guy about her. Yeah. And... But but that's
0: an episode where Grace says to her father, I need you to change. And he he resists it. Which I think is totally fine to depict.
1: Yes, I think, I think that... that's very realistic. That's often the case when people are confronted with an uncomfortable truth about people in their lives.
0: But the difference is that in the end, he does change. And he does say, I'm going to be better at this. And they don't walk it back.
1: Yes, absolutely. There's none of the, of the, ha, ha ha, I'm going to tell my friends about this. Right. Like, he very much so is like, I didn't know. And I'm sorry I didn't mm-hmm. know. And, like, there's, like, a, a promise to do different and do better. And,
0: like... Obviously that's a much more serious topic than what Grace is dealing with in this episode, but a lot of it is born out of the same thing, which is that Grace wants her father to understand the way the world really is,
1: at least for her.
0: At least for her, and he in this episode refuses to.
1: Yeah. That got kind of heavy, but like yeah, that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah. Wow, we fucked that up. <laughs>
1: Light-hearted humor in this time
0: of quarantine. Well, and I think part of it, too, is that when we talked about it before the episode, we were going to, like, talk about it in the reverse way so it didn't get heavy. But I think it's important that we did because I think one of the things about the revival that is so great is that with the benefit of hindsight, mm-hmm. sometimes the show can take episodes and, like, like, that episode's kind of a sequel to this one, except mm-hmm. it's not really.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a reimagining of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Because it's the same characters and the same dynamic. But it's on a scale that is bigger, so it has a bigger impact.
1: Yeah, and it also kind of has more space to like sit. Mm-hmm. And I think that one thing that especially sitcoms struggle to do is when, when the when the central conflict is just like trying to relate across a difference, mm-hmm. it can't do it. Yes. Whereas in the in the Me Too episode, as we will c- call it here. Um, It's not so much relating across difference. It's not just like my experience doesn't make sense to you. It's that like my experience was traumatic.
0: Mm -hmm. And that
1: can be kind of a call to action to people and is much more palatable and understandable for for folks. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like it's more work, but it's less work. It's not as – it's more difficult to empathize, but it's less difficult to make change actions because you have like a thing that you can point to, like a specific event Mm -hmm. versus like – hey, you're just, like, you don't get me, and I don't get right. you, and that's hard. And But even within
0: this episode, the original episode, I feel like part of the problem is that, like, the episode is not presented as Grace's reality is fundamentally different from her father's in this series of events. And he needs to realize that, and he needs to respond differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, it's, it's not presented that way. No. But I think if it was, I don't think that the episode could end on that note of him saying, oh, good, I'm going to tell my friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Because it would
0: require him to realize – that what he's doing is hurting his daughter, and he needs to change.
1: Yeah, I think that's the other thing is that there's a fundamental shift in the way that we think about hurt and causing it mm-hmm. in the years between 2005, when this episode happened, mm-hmm. this episode we're talking about now, and then the Me Too episode, which was, I believe, 2018. Yeah, 2018, 2019. Yeah, I think. It was... No, we're in
0: 2019. Oh no, we're not
1: anymore. We're in 2020. I don't know what
0: year it is, man. <laughs> it was
1: 2017 or 2018. Um, I think 2018. Yeah, but um. Yeah, it was um, – there's a very real difference in the way in which we talk through and express, like, this thing hurt me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that very much so shows up in the reaction to it as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, the other, all of the other myriad things we've talked about. But I think that there's some sort of crux there to be found in the way that we talk about how we show up for and hurt one another sometimes. Mm-hmm. Doing unintentional harm is, like, a thing that's much more in the cultural lexicon these days. Sure. Um, than I think it was in 2005. Okay. Shall we take, like, a moment to just, like, say something nice that happened today? Because I feel like that was kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah.
0: That was heavy.
1: Um, well,
0: one thing that I adore about this episode of Will and Grace is uh, I adore how cute the blind guy is. The
1: blind guy's very cute.
0: The blind guy's very cute. Mm-hmm. That's, that was very good for me.
1: Yeah. Um, I will say one good thing about this episode of Will and Grace that I quite enjoyed was that while I didn't understand Karen's plot or her purpose mm-hmm. in it at all, it was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a lot of very weird and good jokes. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate that.
0: Sometimes it's hard to appreciate the characters when they're in a C plot that doesn't matter. But this week made it easy. Yes. Good on you, Will and Grace.
1: Thanks, Will and Grace. All right, cool. Well, I think that's what we've got for yeah, yeah this week. Um, Tess,
0: do you want to tell people where they can find us online?
1: Yeah, so... Um, while it's likely that you will be home on your on your internet this uh, however long, uh, you can find us on various places on the internet. Um, the main place to reach us is our Twitter page. We are at Not a Couple Show. Um, you can tweet at us. You can retweet our stuff. You can also join us for live tweets of the revival episodes as they air. Um, we tweet them with the hashtag Will and Grace. Um, if you're looking for other ways to engage, we have a Facebook page as well as a Tumblr. Um, and um, since you're listening to this episode, you've already figured out one of the various ways to stream it. But if you're looking to share that information widely with other folks stuck at home who want to be entertained by our voice boxes, you can tell them that they can stream and or download this episode on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Podbean. Spend your
0: isolation with us.
1: Isolate with us. <laughs> it's still social distancing because we live in your computer. On your phone. Or your tablet. Or your earbuds. Or your mind. Or your mind. Or
0: your mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to us this week. Please stay safe. Please stay indoors. We're going to flatten the curve.
1: Wash your hands.
0: That's going to be like everybody's yearbook if we're allowed to have yearbooks. Oh, my God. We're not going (laughs) to. Digital yearbooks, everyone. Digital yearbooks. Hashtag
1: flatten the curve.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. Uh, I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not A Couple. Bye-bye. Not a couple was recorded from the Live Studio Art One.
1: Day. Hi Liza. Thanks for staying in with us.
0: This episode of Now a Couple was brought to you by Dads.
1: You are my dad! You're my dad! Boogie Boogie Boogie!